it going, Yamitators? Episode 68 with Andy Haynes. This episode was great. We talked a lot about stand-up. We talked about um, the drought. We talked about um, uh, like being politically correct and stuff. We, we talked about a lot. And you, you guys are going to like this one. It was a lot of fun. We... Yeah. We covered a lot. We ate some Oreos. Big deal. Who cares? Whatever. It's great. Um, go to facebook.com slash Yamatat with Doug Culp. Um, go to iTunes and Stitcher, whatever you're listening to this on. Rate, review, let other people know about it. Duplex Comedy Suplex has a first show. It's May 7th, and it's going to be every Thursday after that. And the first show has Paul Denke, Will Weldon, Clay Cassis, Andy Haynes, and... Dave Ross, and myself. It's going to be awesome. So come to that. It's a free show. It's at the duplex where I live, where me and my roommate live, and it's going to be amazing. So come to that. For more info on the show, you can go to the Facebook page. It's just Duplex Comedy Suplex. Just search that and you'll find it. And then at Duplex Comedy on Twitter. Okay. Uh, my Twitter is at Dougathan, D-O-U-G-A-T-H-A-N, and the show's Twitter is at Yamatat, Y-A-M-A-T-A-T. Uh, I got a donate button on yamatat.com for the U.S. and Australia, and uh, I would appreciate any help at all. That's, that's all I'll say about that. Um, okay, so here's the episode. Yam it up. Yam, yam it up with me and Andy Haynes. Studio bedroom. I like your fold up bed too. Like, like, I always like want to live like an assassin. <laughs> You're kind of doing it. Yeah. At a moment's notice, I could just disappear. What is the line from Heat? You I, don't, I still haven't seen that one. You haven't seen Heat? Yeah. That's, oh, one, that's, that's one that escaped me. That's well, one of the better ones that people tell you you should see that you maybe haven't seen. Yeah. Like, Godfather, sure, it's good and all that stuff, but yeah. Heat's great. Heat's better? Yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> it's like, I don't know, it's it's something, you know, Godfather's like this big period piece kind of, you know, it's like, it's very old and it's like a lot of like the mafia and family, like Heat's just a fucking criminal... <laughs> battling the cop and there's kind of like you they're they're kind of like on level playing field at one point you know it's kind of this weird like the cop and the criminal become equals i don't know it's hard to describe but it's got some great great actors in it yeah i think it's like michael madsen's last great thing he did although i guess he's on that new comedy central show isn't he oh he was in kill bill wasn't he that's not Michael Manson. That's Wait. Manson, I mean... Who's the guy in Kill Bill that was uh, also in David Pulp Fiction? David Carradine, but... No, that's not what I'm thinking of. Anyways, Sea Heat. That's, that's what it comes down to. That's, that's the, uh, the easy part of that. Yeah. Is that is that rated R? Because it was no rated R movies growing up, like where I. Where oh really? I, yeah, yeah, in, in the house. So that could be a reason why I didn't see it. Yeah, so. it was yeah. definitely rated R. Mm. But um, I think that's why I saw it. I probably saw it at an age I shouldn't have seen it. I saw so many bad movies. There was like a summer. 
well, my mom was like a full-time single mom, so she worked all the time, and so I would go to this video store, and I'd rent like three movies a day, and, you know, eventually I ran out of kids' movies. <laughs> they never stopped me from running rated R. <laughs> That's awesome. So I watched, man, I probably watched, I watched really dark shit. I watched horror movies, I watched like highly suggestive, sexually content, you know, all sorts of horrible stuff. Yeah. I saw Pulp Fiction in, like, fifth grade. <laughs> so probably, like, 80% of the movie, you're like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, I knew I liked it. I definitely always loved, like, I always think I had good taste in movies. Although, that's debatable now. Um, but for a kid, I had great taste. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, for a kid, I, I knew it was up. watched a lot of foreign films and art house <laughs> So you were reading subtitles as a kid? Yeah, for okay. sure. Because right. um, <laughs> I would just rent so many movies. I, w- I would watch like three movies a day in the summer. You know, like I was all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> um, what a creepy thing. <laughs> I just looked at my phone. If people are, yeah. people are wondering what's going on. <laughs> Is this all 12 sided dice? For board games? 12, 20, 8, What's the six. biggest dice they can make? How many is the most sides they've put on a dice? There's one that's like 100, but, I mean... Is it big? Yeah. And at that point, when you're rolling it, it's like... And you see it rolling, and you're like, okay, I get it. Like, just It's probably also hard to tell what's on top at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Here's the 20s, and then, yeah, there's like... Four is the smallest I've seen. There's technically a, a three-sided dice, but it's really just a six with, like, one, two, three, one, two, three. Oh, I see. Yeah. But they didn't actually... that The four-sided dice is pretty cool. It's a pyramid. Yeah. It's not a dice, guys. <laughs> is this is that a board game? Is that for board games? Yeah, uh, board games, um, D&D. Play some, play some D&D and... Um, I should have gotten into that stuff. I went the wrong way with my introvertedness and just turned into a young criminal. <laughs> I was up to no good. Well, I didn't start playing D&D till like three years ago, maybe? Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I've never played it. It's I have no idea how it works. super fun. If you have any imagination at all, it's fun. There was a big comic game in New York. D&D comic game. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh... Is that where you grew up? I don't know where you're from. No, I'm from Seattle, and then I I moved all over after high school, um, kind of back and forth. Like, I went to to Tahoe right after high school to pursue, like, a skiing career, Mm. and I was not good enough at all. (laughs) And also, I was an alcoholic, and I blew out both my knees. And then, uh, what else did I do? I moved home, finished college, moved to D.C., Moved back to Seattle, moved to New York, moved to L.A. Wow. So, kind of kind of back and forth. Were you doing stand-up a little bit here and there? I started the stand-up uh, my senior year of college. Oh. And then, um, so I was doing it, started in Seattle, basically, and then went to D.C., and then went back to Seattle, and then went to New York, and then here. So I've been doing stand-up that whole time. Cool. Yeah. The uh, persistence of Will. Or whatever you would call it. <laughs> or won't. 
Yeah, you know. <laughs> I, I, it, it feels like so long. I feel like I should be better at stand-up for how long I've been doing it. I'm okay at it. I'm good. I, you know, like, I have a career. But then I see these kids that are like, oh, Chris has been doing comedy less than me, you know? Oh, yeah. And not that I want to be Chris D'Elia. I mean, I want some of the perks of his life. But... It's just amazing to me that, like, so it's it's not like a... The trajectory isn't, like, you know, just time spent. It's just <laughs> different things. People gravitate towards different things. Yeah. I'm, I'm such a... Like, my act is such a bummer that it's like I, I, I'm trying to get out of that. Because, like, a lot of people don't go to comedy clubs to hear a guy talk about, like, divorce and depression. But... <laughs> but they should <laughs> get on it guys i also think i'm like too young for how like depressing i am like i think if i was like you know fat and 40 people would be like yeah i get this dude yeah okay yeah. but because i'm like i look like i should just be like having fun investing you know how old are you now 32 okay yeah i'm so 31 eight so. years till it clicks yeah <laughs> till then i'm gonna see me that sad got guy a lot of food to eat yep and a lot of uh just sitting around thoughts to think thoughts to <laughs> thoughts to think relapses you know mm-hmm. more divorces <laughs> all those things three more <laughs> yeah i think i could probably squeeze out three <laughs> two years there's some real dummies out there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean I thought he was the one. The prenup said never, ever, ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I definitely... No, I, I don't think I want to get any more divorces. Those are annoying. Yeah. And uh, I'm like... I, I, I was like holding this baby last week at a baby shower. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I kind of want one of these. And you can't really like half-ass a baby. You yeah. got to like have the right lady. And you got to, you know, have your shit together. Yeah. So I'm like on the kind of, let's have a baby trajectory. You're, you're, you're it's sur- hard to date though, with that in mind. Oh yeah. Because you're like, <laughs> I used to date like, I'd like to have sex with you later this evening, but now I'm like, what's this like, you know, like, <laughs> what's the fifty year plan on this? Yeah. What are we doing? Yeah. It's like first date. What are we? What are we doing though? Yeah, honestly, and uh, it's not the best, not the best way to date. But now the ladies know I'm looking for love. No, I don't know. Sure, I'm looking. Love is like part of it, but it's also compatibility. Yeah, of course. Love's a big illusion. (laughs) No, but I mean, like, it's like so impractical. That's what I've learned over like the last. I don't know maybe two years is that like like this idea of like love like star in your eyes like this is the one type of thing mm-hmm. like that's great and all and if you can pull that off that's great but that's kind of a young man's game you know like <laughs> if you've been burned a couple times you realize that that's that's not really uh you know like that's not realistic you gotta like it's a lot of hard work you've been burned enough you stay you keep your distance from the fire yeah, yeah, exactly. You watch the fire and you're like, man, that fire's so hot. Yeah. <laughs> fire's great. <laughs> Gotta love that fire. Um, I don't know, maybe I'll be, like, maybe I'll get stars in my eyes and fall all in love. I'm pretty, I'm kind of disillusioned at the moment. Yeah? Just, not disillusioned, it's just, like, the idea of, like, because I was so prone to fall in love with women for the most of my life, like, I would just be, mm-hmm. like, 
I'd be like, she's like, she's great. She's beautiful. And she makes me laugh and she's perfect. Mm. And that was like month two, <laughs> you know? And then I'd be like, we're going to spend the rest of our lives together. And it was like, dude, you should like see what, see what they're like after, you know? Maybe dial it back. Maybe yeah, dial six it back. months. Don't move in with them right now. <laughs> Do the slow play. The long con. That's the long con. I, yeah. I think the long con would be a good description of a marriage. I, that would be a good title for a romantic comedy. Yeah. The long con. And then he's like, yeah, it's like 50 years. And he gets all her money, but he's also <laughs> deeply in love with her. Yeah. <laughs> She does, and he's like, I did it. I the did long it. con worked. The long con, and he's like, 72. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Last breath, and then he does. Yeah. Credits. That's a perfect, yeah. It's a great idea. Sounds like a, like a, you could also do that as like a vine. <laughs> you yeah. could be a romantic comedy, but you could also do that as a vine. Man, that's the worst thing ever. Fine. Yeah. Just like the fact that like people are willing to digest, you know, six seconds of content like happily and like those people are gonna get like there's people out there that are making great vines, albeit like they're yeah. talented people, but you know, they make six seconds of content and they can get famous for it. Yeah, millions of dollars and uh, product placement and probably like all that stuff. Yeah, I mean that's like the future, but it's like how does it play out to like features? Because it's almost like now, like, the only people that can, like, be in a feature are, like, superstars. You know, like... Yeah. There's some of the Apatow movies still kind of launch people, and there's indies, but, like, TV and movies are kind of, like, these big names. And then the internet is this fucking wild west frontier of, mm -hmm. like, 16 to 24-year-olds just, like, slaughtering us. I'm, like, trying to, like, write, like, thoughtful, <laughs> meditative pilots about, you know growing up in this new landscape and they're like watch me do this backflip yeah <laughs> that backflip though isn't that what king boxes watch me do this backflip and end up in a pool of jello yeah it's already congealed how did i do it I and then know. cut to me like trying to do that <laughs> you know and i like i become famous for like dying while trying to shoot a vine yeah or like oh. i'm in a, I'm in a chair <laughs> ultimate fail video yeah. <laughs> I work on ridiculousness sometimes and uh, okay. you know that's like I think that's one of MTV's like top viewed shows yeah it's just like it says a lot it says a lot about what's happening <laughs> I had a youth. I had a thought the other day um, was Tosh.0 one of the first fail shows well there's like a, they actually like kind of um, it's not that they have beef so to speak, but, um, yeah, they do have beef, I think, actually, whatever that means. Um, Tosh and Deerdeck kind of came out at the same time. Okay. They both kind of, uh, became, like, the clip show guys at the same time. Patrice O'Neill had a clip show before that that never really took off. It was, like, a little bit before, maybe, like, two, three years before, hmm. um, Tosh.0. Oh, I forgot what it was called. Um... And, you know, I think there was, like, I mean, technically, America's Funniest Home Videos. Yeah, is like, but not all of those are fails. Yeah, that's true. Some were just like, uh, eh, that's pretty... But they're not all fails on um, on those shows, either. Oh. You know, Tosh, 
I think has done the coolest thing with them because he actually like he dissects them in ways and you know like the re- web redemption is really genius and like oh yeah them he, coming on to the show and he does sketches that are based off of things like you know like he'll reenact stuff he did a web redemption actually with a guy that lived in my mom's basement what? when I was like a teenager yeah <laughs> yeah there's this guy Donley Miller who got on he got like his this internet video of him went viral where he's jumping on a trampoline I think he does like 18 front flips and then he like turns to the camera and he goes this is the year that I lose my virginity or something like that <laughs> and Donley is definitely on the spectrum he's a very weird dude but he was an amazing skier when I was a teenager and he was like living out of his car and I was like well we have this like room in my basement do you want to live there and so I invited this person to live in my mother's basement my poor mom and uh, he was a complete maniac but in Seattle uh, yeah but he was a great skier and we were friends for a while and then he went somewhere I don't know what the fuck he does now could, but he, it, could he ski the K-12 the K-12, you know, the K-12 is actually based off of a run, I think, at Squaw Valley. He could ski anything. I mean, I, it's not, those runs aren't hard to ski. Most good skiers can ski those runs. He could do crazy stuff, though. Donnelly could jump off, like, a 60-foot cliff and, like, do a front flip. And, Damn. But that's not even, like, good enough now. Like, I realized that my ski career was over, like, when I was, I was, like, in Tahoe in, like, 2001 or 2002. And um, these guys were like, we were going to jump over like a two lane highway. Yeah. And oh, uh, they were like going to do like a double backflips. They were like talking about stuff like that. They're like, I'm going to do a cork seven. I'm going to do double backflip. <laughs> and in my head, I was like, I'm going to make it over. <laughs> you know, I'm going to jump over this highway. And that, that was just thought, like, that was, I don't know if I knew it right at that moment, but like looking back, that was like, yeah, this isn't going to happen for me. Like, did you do it? Yeah. But that's just... I mean, I I did jumps that big a lot, but it wasn't that, like... So it wasn't, like... It was just scary because I didn't usually jump over cement, you know? Like, yeah. I usually jumped over more snow. No net. Or I jumped off a cliff. Yeah. But, uh... Yeah, if I would have treated it more like a sport and yeah. kind of had some guidance... I never had discipline until... <laughs> now maybe um, <laughs> until like, just this moment until yeah like literally the last six months uh, I haven't had discipline um, I mean I've done stuff but uh, I've been very like all over the place and like with like with skiing like you most people that pursue careers in skiing they start out as racers when they're kids and they go to race academies and things like that and so you mm. learn how to treat it like a sport but I never, ever was, like, formally on race teams. Yeah. I was really good, but we didn't have the money. My family didn't have the money to... I mean, it's, like, five to ten grand a year to yeah. do those ski racing teams. Yeah. And uh, because of that, I just always skied, but I didn't stretch. And I didn't, like, go to the gym to, like, work out my legs. <laughs> like, these are all things you have to do. And so by the time I got to the level where it was, like, you know, I was doing, like, lots of hard skiing... I just destroyed my body because I was completely out of shape. Yeah. And I tried to get in shape after the fact, but it was too late. And then it was also like when my drinking really peaked. That's when I became really good at drinking and <laughs> time traveling. Um, but yeah, so, so like right now on the way over, I was like turning my knee because it's still fucked up. Oh. I've had surgery on it. 
it's going to be a yeah, it's going to be a lifelong pain. You said you blew out your knees. What? Um, there's like I know there's like ACL, LCL. There's LCL, MCL, and ACL. And your ACL runs underneath your leg. It runs along the back here. It's like the main one. Good. And then your LCL, lateral and me, me, malleal. I don't menial? know. Men- menial, maybe. They know. go. <laughs> they go on the sides. And then your meniscus yeah. is the piece of um, this. Is basically your kneecap, yeah. but it's also the the ball and the uh, cartilage that the ball sits in. It's like the two bones go along this thing. Yeah. And so what I did was I crushed the meniscus, and you crush the meniscus enough, and so the cartilage rips. Oh. And so you have, like, imagine, like, a ball or, like, a, you know, there's tears in it. So you get, yeah. like, clicks, you know, like, because there's this little piece sticking off. And uh, so the surgery goes in, and they take off the tear. They, yeah. like, they cut it away, but it means you have less tissue in your knee. Okay. Uh, so I don't know what's going on with it now. <laughs> How's your high kicks? Uh, they're okay. <laughs> it's mainly, it's soccer. It's now I play in like a soccer league and I'll just do like a little move and then I'll be like, oh, can't, 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 can't do no, that anymore. Can I walk weird for three weeks. <laughs> oh man. I need to get a, a, a um, what do you call it, a brace. I wore my ski brace the other day in a soccer game, and it was way too big. It's like wearing like a prosthetic leg, essentially. <laughs> and everyone's like, "Dude, are you okay?" Basically, but it's kind of fun too because it was like a the other team had to forfeit because they didn't have enough um, players, so it was like so you won very cash. <laughs> default. I was taking default. yeah, I was like taking shots from the half halfway line. Yeah, yeah, but um. <laughs> But yeah. Indoor? Outdoor. Outdoor. Although I would like to play indoor. I would like to play any soccer. I've never been very good at it because the discipline thing. Yeah, yeah. I've had my moments. Um, <laughs> but I was never, I just never ever, there was no guidance in my home. My mom was like a crazy lady that was um, just like hanging on for dear life. <laughs> just refinancing the house every two years yep. to buy new appliances so that she could feel better and um my dad was on the east coast so i was just like i was totally at sea my sister calls us wolf children because we were like you know we were just kind of like raised by wolves yeah i mean i was raised by movies television and summer (laughs) camp but and the streets the streets raised me Mm -hmm. i grew up in really nice streets though so it wasn't that bad there's an ice cream man. Totally. He, he knew everyone's name. I grew up in one of the, one of the most affluent neighborhoods in um, in Seattle, but that did not stop a lot of us from getting into some real ruckus, <laughs> some real shenanigans. Some of those guys are dead. It's so weird to me. They like they didn't die like in shootouts, but they like a lot of them OD'd, like which is like so weird. They like it's just weird. I I don't know if this is like across the board like any affluent neighborhood in america is like this but for some reason in seattle like it must be pretty but like all these rich kids just got into like really heavy drugs and like they also pursued like these weird lives of crime like they were either drug dealers or like thieves and stuff like that they like i don't know it's so bizarre to me that like you could come from a neighborhood where like most of the people didn't lock their doors at night and then like still access you know this lifestyle that is only for people that should have grown up like around like junkies and fucking poverty and stuff 
so bizarre. Maybe it was them being like, man, this this cozy life is not for me. I mean, I think that's what it was. I think it was, honestly, I think rap had a little to do with it. Because I think we got rap and we were like, yeah, shit is fucking crazy out there. And then we found the crazy. We also got bused to schools in bad neighborhoods. So we like, we had access through that. But those guys, like, I don't know, I at least had the understanding of like, when they got into like really heavy stuff, like stealing cars and things like that, I was like, all right, we've kind of like gone too far. <laughs> and I, I backed off and got in with like the good kids at school. But thank God, because yeah. they're all like professional criminals now or dead or in jail, which is so weird because yeah. like their parents, like one of my friends that died last year, he died of a heart attack. Um, he had a heart condition, but I think it was probably... I think he did a lot of drugs. And yeah. I think he did not take very good care of himself. But his dad is, like, in the Seattle Symphony. Whoa. I mean, it's like, how does that, like, how do those lives meet up, you know? But, I don't know, people fucking do dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P., dude. Uh, yeah. Not that I'm tough at all. I mean, this is making me sound like I have some kind of, like, <laughs> like streets story. I don't. I'm, I'm very quaffed. Very coddled. Suburban street story. Urban. Suburban. Uh, <laughs> like, grew up in the middle of Seattle in an affluent neighborhood. So, like... Oh, okay. Like, we got bused to schools that were, like, you know, bad neighborhoods, drugs, gangs, all that. But, like, you know, my neighborhood still had, like, a very nice grocery store. <laughs> My parents live in Snohomish now. Oh, in Washington. Yeah. Nice. What um, city? The city of Snohomish? Yeah. 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 Uh, I tell people my parents live in Seattle, and then they'll be like, oh, what part? And I'm like, Snohomish. Because most people don't know like, I understand the area. That. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, you can't lead with Everett. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you, yeah, I'm from Everett, Washington. Where is that? Uh, my dad went to high school in Everett, Washington. Uh... I also did a documentary in college in one of my film classes. I made a documentary about these weird people in Snohomish that wanted to secede from the Union. <laughs> Is it for real? Yeah. I don't even know. I wonder if I have that somewhere. But there was like these super weird... I think they were like the Freedom Party and we would like go to their house and they were like the biggest fucking weirdos. And they like... They would like try to like mask their creepy like... Because they were definitely like affiliated with like weird militia people and like it's probably some skinheads yeah and stuff like that but they would always like try to like pull back on it and be like no you know like my mom's jewish or something like that and they're like oh your buddy has a fucking swastika tattoo um <laughs> but uh the fuck what the fuck was it i was gonna say something about it um they were really gross. They were kind of nice, but they were really gross and weird. Um, I never understand that. What, what the fuck was I going to say they about that? They wanted to secede from the Union. Yeah, they wanted to secede. <laughs> oh, this the thing that people don't understand about Washington State, and I think it's unique to Washington State, is that like Seattle is a very cosmopolitan it's not super cosmopolitan but it's a big fucking city and it's got like everything that you'd want and people are smart and hip and with it and the suburbs are pretty good yeah but when you get out beyond that (laughs) 
it gets a lot different. And you have a couple, there's like a couple little like satellite cities of Seattle. There's like Bellingham and Olympia and like some other little tiny places. (laughs) But the rest of the fucking state is... Backwoods. It's the fucking woods, man. It's like (laughs) militias and fucking... There's like the clan and fucking weird. It's so bizarre to me. Like, um, I went to school in Bellingham and... Uh, when you um, when you go up to Bellingham, which is 20 miles from the Canadian border, we're talking about 20 <laughs> miles from the Canadian border. If you go up in the woods outside, or you'll see rebel flags, which is like, <laughs> dude, you are literally in the opposite part of the country. You are in the northwest. That is the southeast. Like, what are you doing? At that point, you can't be like, it's a state of mind, you know. It's the south will rise again. It's like, well, you are not in the south. So why don't you go back there? Yeah. It's, it's such a... I remember I was like talking... Who was I talking to about this last name? Oh, somebody... Uh, Josh Androsky, his girlfriend... Or no, his family's from like Oregon. And Oregon actually... Somehow Oregon does better than Washington, which doesn't make sense because Oregon should be more backwoodsy. But most of the smaller towns in Oregon are still cool. Southern Oregon is pretty weird, like around Klamath Falls, Medford. Bend? Bend is nice. Bend is like okay. people like like riding road bikes to wine tastings. Like, that's Bend. What about Boring, Oregon? I don't know. I've, I've definitely been through Boring, Oregon, but I don't, I don't remember it. Central Oregon's nice, Northern Oregon's nice, Southern Oregon is kind of a shithole. Ash, Ash, Ashland, nice. Um, I don't, I've never been to the east side of the state, so I don't really, I can't speak about it. Um, but it's like Washington is just that like I-5 corridor, kind of, kind of just that I-5 corridor. Walla Walla is like oddly, because it's wine country, so it's like brought in, but the rest of the fucking state, man, it's like they are just like they're from another era like they, they it's like those japanese like soldiers that like got stuck on islands and they think the war is still going on <laughs> but it's southern people in the mountains like that's how dumb they are in washington <laughs> and i used to get in arguments i remember i used to try to argue with people about um about it was like 2004 and bush was up for re-election and the iraq war was going strong and i would try to like talk to people about like why they shouldn't vote for Bush and why the war was bad. I was like really like worked up about it. Mm. And uh, it was so dumb. They were not, uh, <laughs> they were not, uh, not receptive. <laughs> yeah, they wanted to fight me. I remember guys wanting to fight me because I'd win these arguments because it was like I'd have the arguments at the gym, you know? So it's like, it was like I was, I was going to their level. Um, I was coming down to their turf. And they did not like it. Yeah, I remember this dude wanted to beat me up one time because I I was arguing against him why um, why the war was dumb. He wasn't even in the war. I don't know why he was so worked up. So, so, so dumb about people. People get... Uh, that, like... I don't know how else to say it, but... It's like offensive to say it's retarded. It's offensive to retarded people. I don't like that word, but it's like just so stupid. People just like not knowing how to like, like just 
maleness, just like not being able to like kind of understand. They're like, I'm scared. <laughs> destroy person I associate with these feelings. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely, uh, definitely a fun part of life. Yeah. College, Washington State. <laughs> really happy to get out of there. What did you make? What did you get a degree in? When I went to this school, I did two years of junior college before I went to university, and um, I, I, there was a school within my college called the Fairhaven College. Mm-hmm. It was at a big state school, 20,000 people. Okay. And it, Fairhaven College was like 500 people, and it was design your own major. Okay. And you didn't have grades and shit like that. It was like mm-hmm. what they based Evergreen State College off of, like real hippie shit you know you it wasn't have... it wasn't like arrested development where you get like alligators and stuff was it i don't think i saw it. oh did they like is that what the grades were like maybe allig- got like an alligator in spelling not quite that it was like here's how dumb it was it was like you wrote your own report card so you had like to honor system like kind of like you would sit down with your teacher and you would write like you would write this like page letter about how you thought you did. <laughs> like looking back on it now, it was so stupid. I don't know. Just fucking grade people. Like yeah. what it? The the idealism of college is so fucking excessive. The shit that they think they can get away with. Um, but I majored in um, socio-religious studies with a minor in media arts. Which basically means I took a bunch of shitty classes. I wanted to go to film school, so I took a bunch of film classes. And then I found this one professor of religion that I loved. And so I took all of his classes. And there was a couple classes I liked at my college, too. There was, like, some Israel-Palestine stuff and some, like, socio kind of political things I liked. And I basically was like... I don't know how I'm going to get out of here, but I need to get out of here. So I just like, kind of like, was like, Oh yeah, I got this religion stuff. I got these kind of sociology, political classes, socio-religious studies. And then, yeah, if I would have started stand up a year earlier, I would have dropped out. I think I, I just was like on my way out. I think my last, like all of my last stuff was just like ways to do stand up. you know? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. I think I did like a independent study that was just like me doing stand up. <laughs> you got a grade for it no i didn't get a grade because there's no grades but i got credit i got credit because there's no grades (laughs) i remember i made this documentary about for like my project on the independent study i made a documentary about my first six months of doing Mm stand-up and i showed it to my advisor and he was like oh this is nice but uh do you have like just a video of you doing stand-up which i had hundreds of because i've been videotaping every set so i was like yeah here i spent like four days editing this and he goes oh this is really great that was it (laughs) i didn't need to do any of it these fucking rubes did you like interview people and stuff for your doc yeah a little bit but i mean i didn't know anybody i mean it was like seattle area road comics probably (laughs) what does it take to do it like you gotta meet this booker When you work this gig, make sure to photocopy your buffet tickets. 
I'm so envious of these people that started where, like, the scenes made sense, you know? Like, I know people that started in, like, New York or Boston or San Francisco where they actually could have some kind of guidance. I started where it was, like, just the, sh- you know, there's some good guys out of there, like yeah. Fahim and Jeff Dye, like, some other dudes I'm forgetting to mention right now. Yeah. Great comics. But when, we, when I fucking got to Seattle and, like, started doing... Oh, Andy Peters came out of there. Oh, nice. Um, when I started even stand-up, like, everybody was a road comic. Everybody wanted to be Bill Hicks. They wanted to fucking, like, fucking tell the man what's up, man. Last bastion of the First Amendment. <laughs> so stupid. And I totally latched onto that. My, that's why I'm not better earlier was because I was, like, trying to be Doug Stanhope for <coughs> fucking so many years. And I was not smart enough, nor did I have a big enough chip on my shoulder to commit to those kind of... <laughs> to that stuff, so um, yeah, it was a uh, it was a nightmare. <laughs> I wish that you know that's like that total like uh, Malcolm Gladwell kind of outliers kind yeah. of theory is like you know if I would have moved to New York at that same exact time I would have been there like when Mulaney and Pete Holmes and all these yeah. people were starting and not to say that I would be any better off but. I'd like to think I would be, because mm-hmm. I'd be watching people do it right, right away, opposed to, like, starting <laughs> with dudes that were like, uh, you need to get 15 minutes, and then you can work at, like, Barry's down in Edmonds. He's like, all right. Tell more pussy-eating jokes. <laughs> so. Sage advice. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like every time I've moved somewhere, I feel like my whole life is like, like it's kind of refreshing, but like my whole life is like, I'll kind of hit a transition point, and then I'll be like, oh, I've been doing it all wrong, and so I'll start over, and that's kind of like every two-year period, like, you know, like I moved, I did comedy in Seattle for a couple, like about a year, and then moved to D.C., and it was like, oh, okay, I need to do it differently, and then I moved back to Seattle, and I was like, oh, okay, I gotta switch it up, and then I moved to New York, and it was like, Oh, I gotta start over. And then I was like, I moved to LA and I was like, okay, I don't know what I've been doing. And then, like, this last October, I got sober and uh, he was like, yep, fuck, dude, I gotta start over again. I'm sure that, you know, fucking 2016, I'm gonna be like, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm doing it wrong again. I figured it out. <laughs> I'm always figuring it out. Well, that's. That's good though, right? Like, cause in a way, I'd much rather just figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be nice to just hit a hit a plateau of success and contentment. Cause, well, the, I mean, the fact that you've realized that you need to like change it up means that you're not like stuck in a rut of like this type of thing and this is what I do. And someone else is like, oh, have you ever thought of? No, this is what I do. But you know what? I think the one thing. That to be said, and I think that a lot of people fail to recognize this in show business and especially stand-up, is you got to have a thing. <laughs> you can't just go up there and tell whatever jokes, you know, like, funny's funny. And that's why, like, a lot of times you'll see people that are really funny, like, why don't they have more? And it's because they just tell jokes, like, they'll end up as joke writers. But if they don't mm-hmm. have, like, a through line or, like, a like an, an intent, you know? Yeah. Like... Gerard Carmichael wants to be, like, a TV star, celebrity, yeah. movie star, stand-up, you know, a la Pryor, Cosby, yeah. Chappelle, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And he knows that. You know, like, he had intent going in, and he thought that it was, like... I mean, 
you know, like he pursued that avenue. Yeah. I, however, am like, I'd be happy to do anything. You know? <laughs> Write jokes on that? That sounds great. Do stand-up? That sounds great. Act? Sure. Yeah. But, like, I don't know which one I want to do exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's, like, I mean, I think that's a lot of people things, but the people that move forward, I think they know earlier. I think they know what they want to do, and they kind of have an idea. Because I think intent is so much about what drives you. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think, like, some people are lucky, and they don't have to make a decision. They don't have to be like, I am going to be this thing. <laughs> and they just do something, and things kind of latch on and push them in that direction. But other people, it's like, you know, something sticks, and they go, oh, okay. You'll see switches in people, too. Like, you'll see progressions where it's like, they didn't know what they wanted to do, they didn't know what they wanted to do, they found something they liked, they excelled. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but it's all like, you know, with AA, which I do now, I do Alcoholics Anonymous, which is supposed to be anonymous, but (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) I don't tell about other people that do it, but you can figure it out if you're around them, you'll know because they'll be drunk and assholes or on drugs and you'll go, fuck, you gotta get your life together. You're a drug addict. And then it'll be like, hey man, don't tell anybody. Um... We know. We saw you. Um, we all know. You fucked my girlfriend. Uh, you know, or I fucked yours. I don't know. But, uh, I don't know who's at fault. But, um, you know, like I, so like one thing about AA is I get up in the morning and I pray. Which is like so bizarre to me. Because I don't really, even though I'm a religious studies major, yeah. I've never been a spiritual person. But, I'm totally drinking the Kool-Aid because I don't care, first of all. I'm 32. I've been through divorce. I've been depressed for, like, 30 years. You're not going to, like, beat me. Like, you're not going to make me feel foolish. I've done bad all on my own. So now I'm at this point where I'm like, yeah, I'll try it. And there's nothing wrong for me about just being like, all right, I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to say the things I want. I'm going to, like, just put it out there. Because if I just say it, then they're real and it's like, you know, it's like, I'm not even trying to, like, sell this program, but it's just, like, very obvious, communicative, like, psychological things that scientifically we can prove, you know? like at, Yeah, at the very least, you're communicating it with yourself out loud. Yeah. And so that kind of makes it real. It kind of puts it, you know, like, they say that writing with a pen opposed to typing, hmm. it's like you, you process it more because hmm. it's like the... Um, the physical, the tactile yeah. of it, the tactility, like it, it absorbs more okay. into your brain. Um, you remember things you write more than you type. Hmm. Um, but I think things said are so much more. And so it's like, that's kind of where I'm at with it. And you know, there's other benefits to the program, but like, that's a lot of it. A lot of it is like, your life will get better through this program. But it's like anybody could benefit from that program. Yeah. Because it's just like, just say what you want. Be accountable. <laughs> Apologize when you fuck up. Yeah, be a good person. Be a good person. That's like one of the biggest things about it. Is it's just like, you're an asshole. Let's work on being a good person. That's like, that is honestly most of what AA is. It's like, you've been a selfish asshole. Let's get in a room full of selfish assholes. Let's talk about why we're selfish assholes and let's try to be not selfish assholes. That is AA. And there's all these people who are like, I'm not telling. It's like, all right. <laughs> Good for you. 
Everybody you, knows you're a selfish asshole. You win? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> yeah, it's... Uh, is that Axe Cop? Yeah. Nice. It's all the good guys on the left and all the bad guys on the right. Who's the guy in the middle on the right? That's like, Is that like an alter Axe Cop? No, that's a telescope gun cop. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I really like that show. I, I, I haven't taken the time. Is it still on FXX or is it over? Uh, Fox ADHD and it was, um, I don't know. I, I haven't heard of it coming back for a third season. I think they did two. It's so weird how they, Fox ADHD was like that whole, like, we're going to do an adult swim yeah. on Fox. Yeah. And then they were like, actually, <laughs> we're going to wait. And then they're like, actually, we're going to put this on another channel. And then they're like, actually, we're going to do two shows. Pussies. I said it. But I don't know why you, what, like, what business model about Adult Swim doesn't make sense to a network? Especially, like, if you have FX. It's like, yeah, at midnight, put on fucking weirdo stoner shows. Yeah. They're brilliant. FX. Or Adult Swim is, like, killing it. Like, what network's like, I don't know if we want to make that kind of money. <laughs> Fucking weirdos. <laughs> We're so stupid. It's maybe, it could be a fear of um, live ratings. Because of the whole stupid Idiots. Nielsen system. Yeah, get over it. Fucking <laughs> most of the world does not watch television anymore like that. Is this a garbage? Yeah. Um, like it's like a very thin garbage. I've been yeah. kind of admiring it the whole time, especially that you've used. You have a great use of space, but I like that you used your um, box fan box. Yeah, and here's the fan. I know. No. Had it had it for like seven years, I think. Really? Yeah. Is that the box? Yeah. Jesus Christ, you've done well. <laughs> you guys can't see this, but this box is in like pristine shape <laughs> Jesus yeah I've moved it with me every time box is beautiful box looks brand new out of the store I'd say it looks better than a lot of store boxes it's a white box and it's still very white I can't see a blemish on the box and the box has a garbage bag and it's full of garbage and it's pristine let's get back to why Fox is stupid <laughs> Killed or Adult Swim kills it. Yeah. So many great shows. Mm -hmm. Such a niche audience that's so dedicated. Mm -hmm. And they've had some strikeouts. There's not some things. I don't like that prison show or whatever that is. What's that called? Oh, Prison Pit. I haven't seen it. Jail Island or something. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. It's like a prison super, show. super super jail. jail? Yeah. Okay. I'm I not a seen super either. jail fan. There's some shows I don't like on that network. Some yeah. shows I would watch forever. Assy McGee, I fucking love that What's show. What's it called? Assy McGee. It was about a um, a butt with legs that was a cop. <laughs> so great. It was like hard-boiled cop, you know? And he, like, drank, played the saxophone. Like, after he'd, like, shoot somebody, he'd go to this bar and drink and then get up on stage and play the saxophone. It's like Mel Gibson. He was Mel Gibson in, like, you know, in uh, the Lead the, the Weapon. Weapon or, like... You know, Nick Nolte kind of character. Gravelly voice. Oh, it's so great. You just shoot people randomly. And and the asshole is the mouth? Yeah, but you don't really see it. It's just butt cheeks. With two great legs. And the shoes and a, and a gun and stuff and a badge. Um, 
But the funny thing was, mm-hmm. like, uh, they, or what I liked about it is they didn't really, like, do farts or poop things. Oh, okay. They, like, stayed away like, from They were like, we're going high, bro. Yeah, yeah, it's a butt, but it's not, this isn't that kind of show. Uh, I think, you know, there was a couple farts in there, but overall it was, uh, it was pretty, pretty well done. Um, like, Metalocalypse, like, all these yeah. shows are so fucking good. And I know that the guy at FX is the guy from Adult Swim, so I'm guessing it has nothing to do with him. <laughs> Nick Weidenfeld went from, what's it called, to what's it called. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's just, like, this is what people want to watch. And then they yeah. always resort back to some fucking bullshit. <laughs> yeah. fucking... Well, uh, Adult Swim is the reason that um, Futurama came back for, like, four seasons. Yeah. Because they were just like, okay... People are watching these reruns over and over and over again. There must be something to this. And then they were like, do you want to make some movies? Do you, or no, they were like, do you want to make a movie? And then they were like, well, we could really get our story across if we made two movies. And then they were like, could you do it in four movies? And then the Futurama guys were like, fuck yeah. <laughs> There's four Futurama movies? Yeah. Wow. It, they were like big ass episodes. And depending on the sales of the DVDs and stuff, when they put them out. Um, determined whether it would get bought by Comedy Central. Yeah. And it did really well, and so Comedy Central was like, yeah, okay, of course. Fucking Comedy Central. <laughs> so weird. It's so weird how TV works. I mean, I'm sure they know more than what I'm fucking, I'm spouting off, but mm-hmm. that whole uh, Fox ADHD thing was so silly to me, because it was like, yeah, that's like a copy of that whole fucking thing that I don't <laughs> it. It's great. Save the Cartoon Network. Yeah. Turner is loving it. Anyways. <laughs> I don't mean to insult these people that I eventually want to sell shows to. Yeah. So so we have um, similar timelines of our marriage to divorce ratio. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> How long was yours? Just over eight months. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mine was uh, technically, legally... I was married for, I was married. Oh yeah, because there's a separation with the six month or whatever. Yeah, I was married October 2011. And then that was in a courthouse in Brooklyn. And that was purely because we were engaged. Alice, my wife, uh, was, uh, she was, um, had just gotten SAG. So like the only way I could get the insurance was if we were married. So we just got married. Like we're going to get married. It's not a big deal. Let's just do this. And then it was kind of like we were married. Like, <laughs> we we kind of slowly but surely, like, we were kind of married. Um, and then we moved to L.A., like, right at the beginning of 2012, like, literally New Year's um, 2012. Yeah. And then um, we got married that next February. So we were married February, like, big $30,000 wedding, February, March, no, February 2013. And then... Um, about seven months, eight months later, we got separated. Yeah. It was seven months, I think. Yeah. About yeah. seven months. And then um, we were separated. We didn't do anything for, like, we just didn't hang out for, like, I don't know, nine months. And then I was like, hey, let's, like, get a divorce. And so then I filed that, like, yeah, disillusion of marriage yep. thing. Yep. Because I didn't want to, like, I, I had nothing to split anyways. Um, Same. I just left everything. And then... Um, <laughs> I almost left everything. What did I take? I took some Crate and Barrel gift cards. Um, <laughs> yeah, I did. 
gotta get those gift cards. And then she said, <laughs> she got mad at me for that, but she didn't say it. She like took, she called me or texted me and she was like, did you take those gift cards? And I was like, yes, I did. <laughs> um, and then she, I went to go use them and they were gone. Like the cards were empty, and I called, and I was like, hey, yeah, I'm trying to use my gift cards, and um, they're not working. And the lady on the phone must have been confused about what was going on, because mm-hmm. she just, like, was a complete rube. I fucking... <laughs> she goes, oh, well, your wife, uh, she lost them, and she had them reissued. Uh... And so I go... Hopefully this doesn't get back to her. Uh, I go, uh, oh, that's crazy, because she lost them again. And so then I had them reissued back to my house. And the day I got them, I went and spent them. Very proud of myself for that. That was, that was one of the... It might have been one of my greatest accomplishments. Just that fucking thinking. Just the fucking... I just... Flip it again. God, I'm so proud of myself. Whenever I think about that, I... Like a genuine amount of pride, and I I don't necessarily think like it was the right thing to do, but man, it felt good. It felt really good. Anyways, we are no longer, but we are yeah. friendly all, until she hears about that whole card thing. Um, although I think she's a big TV star now, so I think she's fine. She doesn't need the three hundred dollar Crate and Barrel gift. What's she on on TV? Silicon Valley. She's a regular on this next season. I think. From what I hear. April 12th, we'll all know for sure. Yeah. I think she's got a pretty big part because she, like, was shooting a lot. I think she's got, like, at least four to six episode arc. So she should be in good shape. Um, But she's, like, totally talented and great. So she'll she'll do wonderful and doesn't need those gift cards I stole from her. I don't even know what kind of... It's water under the barrel. Uh, yeah, I don't even know what kind of compliment that is where you're, you're like, complimenting somebody but also excusing your theft from them. I love it. I want to do it more. That should be a new kind of way, like, a compliment apology or, like, a compliment absolvement where you're like, you know what, you are the greatest and you're going to do so well that you do not need that $40 you lent me. <laughs> Because I just can't pay you back, and I'm not going to. But you know what? I'm not worried about it, because I know you're going to be such a success. Someday $40 is going to be fucking leaves to you. you know? Pocket change. Pocket like, change. Oh, man. You're going to be, like, setting $40 down and forgetting about it, and I'm going to be picking it up. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah. you don't even have to worry about it. We're laughing already. Just yeah. like <laughs> But, um... But yes, it's, uh, it's, it's, um, you know, it was a bummer. I would have liked to have stayed married. I don't know if it was to that woman, but you know, like I, I was like very continual, like, you know, revelation about, uh, making poor decisions, doing things wrong. I think for the longest time, definitely like I just went with the flow with everything in my life. Yeah, yeah. And not necessarily the flow. Yeah. But I didn't, like, think things out more. Mm-hmm. Like, with the flow makes it sound like I was, like, a pleasant person to be around. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I definitely, like, was just like, yeah, get married, it'll be fun. And in the back of our heads, both of us are like, you know, if this fucking goes wrong, we'll get a divorce. You know? <laughs> and ha- you can't keep that. You can't have your, like, you can't be, like, like signing the peace deal and have that doubt and have the finger on the red button. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Like you gotta like 
take the little cap, put it on there, put the red button away, undo the key, take out the neck thing. You know, you got to do all yeah. that stuff. But we were, like, getting married with, like, you know. Okay, but if... Yeah, like, yeah. gun behind our back kind of situation. Like, Yippee-ki-yay. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so... So, um, I definitely, um, I definitely, like, grew up a lot in the, um, in the, what, was yours an ugly breakup? Um, it was, it was, like, nothing to split, same, like, uh, situation there, there was no kids, no car thing, whatever, but she just took half the money from the bank account, and then it was, and she took her banjo, and that was it. (laughs) Is she still in L.A.? Uh, no, she was in San Diego County, and, like, after, there's been, like, no communication, like, at all. And Did it, we first meet in San Diego? Uh... You're not part of that crew down there that does that comedy show, right? I don't think we've met in San Diego. Because I... I started a comedy show. There was there, a comedy was... show called Best Thing Ever? Is that what it's uh, called? I don't know. That wasn't me. Uh-huh. You look like one of the dudes. <laughs> I was trying to think where we first met. And uh, so she's still in San Diego? I don't know. Uh, oh, you guys aren't even talking. Yeah, like no no communication. Like she no, she like a gypsy she's, like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> my, That's kind of nice, though. Like, I I have to see my ex, which I'm good with now. But, yeah. Like, I've kind of forced myself because it, it serves me no... There's no service yeah. to me, like, having a chip on my shoulder about yeah. it. Because I have to see her so often, and we have so many mutual friends that mm-hmm. me being a dickhead would not do any of us any good. Yeah. And also, she's destroying me in the divorce in the sense of who's d- doing better post-divorce. <laughs> so I would look like such a sad sack if I was like, yeah, bitch. <laughs> um, but it would be nice if she also just was, no, I'm mean, so, so, so dirty. But yeah, it'd be kind of nice if she <laughs> Yeah, it was funny because my my two buddies who moved in when she moved out of the place where I was at, um, they were like, "So should we like unfriend her on Facebook?" And I was like, "You know what? I don't even I don't even care. Like either way, whatever." And so one day they were like, "Yeah, so I guess she got married again," and it was like maybe six months later, and I was like, "Wow!" Yeah, and I was like, "Huh? Good for her." <laughs> Sounds like she might be has some problems. Um, yeah. I bet she's. How long ago was that? That was the separation was May of 2012, and the it, the it was all final January of 2013. And then she's married again. Yeah. Be interesting to see if she's still married. <laughs> she made it past eight months. A new personal best. Nine months. This one's gonna stick. I, I got a feeling about this one. <laughs> it's so crazy. Mm. I just think we're doomed as a society. Um, well, I, of course. Because yeah. nobody <laughs> nobody takes anything se- like nothing is serious now. Like nothing matters. Like everything's like mm-hmm. you know like especially with comedy, it's kind of a gross place <clears throat> to be. Where like like I am such a defender of free speech, but I do think there is like a price we pay. To like everything being a target. Yeah. It's like something's gotta matter, guys. <laughs> something's gotta matter other than bullying. You know, like that's like the only thing people get mad about. Yeah. 
like that Ari Shafir thing that happened in the last week about him making. I don't know with if you the, saw yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, with like the... that's a bummer. I watched the bit having it, having not known her and stuff. I was like, that's pretty funny. Like yeah. it's yeah. it's a funny bit, but then it's like at the same time, it's like it's really mean. She's like such an easy target because she's like yeah. not probably doing very well um, comedically. Like I. I'm just saying that because yeah. I don't know her. Yeah. Maybe she's Same doing here. great. Maybe yeah. she's a writer on a sitcom and I don't realize yeah. it. Um, but it's like, part of me is like, yeah, he should be able to tell that joke. It was unnecessary. It was mean, but like, who the fuck cares? It's a joke. <laughs> she's been through a lot. I'm sure that jokes, I mean, getting like mentioned by name and then like yeah. on TV is a little much. But the name thing where, where was where I was like, oh, Okay. <laughs> yeah. Your her whole name. I don't know. I think it was just to get a reaction. Honestly, that's like a new mm. thing that comics do. Hannibal does it too. There's a few other people that are like, that just say people's whole names. And, yeah. And I get it, but like, that's like okay. Now you're fat smell, one armed, and you say her name. Like, <laughs> wow, she's really gonna feel that one. And also, like, she didn't do anything. She just annoyed him. Yeah. But I do think you should be able to say anything. And I think that really, like, it's, like, one of those kind of libertarian ideas that it's, like, well, if you're a shithead, people shouldn't like your comedy. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. And, and that should... I don't think Ari's a shithead, but I'm just saying, like, if people don't like his comedy, they shouldn't support his comedy. Yeah. Um, it's not like you are in a room where only Comedy Central is on and they're playing that special and it's like, when will this injustice stop? You know, like... Um, but at the same time, having said that, it's like, it is kind of like a weird nihilistic, like, nothing fucking matters to anybody. I was like thinking about this, like, um, this guy in New York, I was at this AA meeting, and this guy in New York was describing a woman mm-hmm. and he was like, this. she was beautiful and and she like had milky skin and mm-hmm. uh, th- like the way she walked and all this stuff. And it was like, that's how guys used to like, like that's how important sex used to be. Yeah. That you could like talk about a woman like this like unicorn you saw. Like, yeah. And like now it's like, did you fuck her? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very good. <laughs> like, what fucking matters anymore? If you called her a slut, then you, like, like the internet, it fucking explodes. Yeah. But otherwise, it's like, fuck it. It's just so bizarre to me. It's like, I don't want to be conservative, especially this early. Like, I don't want to become a conservative. <laughs> but I want shit to matter to people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I want shit to matter to people, like, on a personal level. Like, it's so bizarre to me that it's just like the only things that matter to people now are, like, notions, sexism, bullying. It's yeah. not even, like, yeah. practical things. Like, all these people that are worried about, like, sexism and stuff, like, they're not outraged over the fact that, like, California doesn't have water. Like, I would love <laughs> sexism to go away. I think it's very important. But, like, yeah. we're going to run out of water. Yeah. And then I honestly think the sexist people are probably going to be able to get the water more than you. <laughs> go find Because they probably have guns. <laughs> they, they don't care about shit. Like, you're going to be like, this isn't socially conscious. And they're going to shoot you and take your water. <laughs> Mad Max situation. Yeah. Do you think Mad Max worries about, like, gender equality? (laughs) Probably a lot. Probably a lot. I mean, (laughs) 
Charlize Theron does have a prominent warrior feature in that. She's a strong, independent woman. <laughs> is she going to be in the new one? She's, she... Yeah, she's the, the co-lead. <sighs> awesome. Have you been watching the trailers? <laughs> I've seen I've seen the one like long trailer. Like There's the a new long trailer. Ooh. I mean, two weeks, maybe. Okay. One, one two weeks. It's honestly the most exciting thing to me in my life right now. <laughs> yeah, it looks really good. And it's super cool that it's the same same guy who made the first one. Yeah, what's his name? Scott? Um, what's his name? I can't think of it. I don't know. The first Mad Max is one of the best movies of all time. It's I great. Mean, it's, it's, it's like an indie, and it's but like the way he directed those movies to have that creepiness, like those yeah, motorcycle like, gangs and the the idea I mean like so much of that is borrowed into contemporary society I mean it's almost like I'm talking about like with this like weird yeah devolution of like man like with just like our like society is like obviously conservatism is like such a like bullshit thing and like mm-hmm. a lot of evolution is great like I don't even think like the idea of like these kind of like alternative families is completely destructive yeah but the problem mm-hmm. is is that people are doing things so willy-nilly. Like, one people, like one group of people has, like, an open relationship. And they do it, like, where they're like, we talk about it every day, and we're, like, really honest, and we, like, we raise our kids, and we don't bring our sex lives into our home, and stuff yeah. like that. Boom. Great. But then there's another, like, 20 people that just heard about you, and they're just like, I'm going to cheat on my wife, and I don't like my kids. <laughs> no. I don't know. It's just, like, yeah. all this stuff takes responsibility and thought and, like, and then, like, the most important things are not being addressed. Like, we had our little, like, inconvenient truth moment. And then everybody was like, okay, good. We all know about it. Nobody does anything about it. <laughs> yeah. I still take 20-minute showers, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's great. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> in the moment, I am. I'm fucking in love with it in the moment. <laughs> I really want to get an outdoor shower, but you can't do that in apartment buildings. Yeah, you could, but you run into some speed bumps. (laughs) I want to get like a place up like near the mountains of Pasadena, and I'll just do rain barrels, and I'll take outdoor showers. It'll be great. (laughs) Poke holes in the barrel, and then the barrel is the. No, it's gonna be like a lot more setup than. (laughs) (laughs) Arrogant about it. No, there's a system. You're gonna go Swiss Family Robinson. Oh, of course. No, I went to this house in Sonoma. I actually got in a fight with my sister while I was up there, and I had no way to get out. Um, but there was an outdoor shower, and it was, like, amazing. Like, to be naked and just, like, water, you just, you do feel very, like, in touch with... Uh, Nature? Yeah, for sure. I need to... Is there, like, is there, like, a fence around it? No, or just a spigot. What? Into, like, some rocks. Whoa. You're not really, like... You're only using Dr. Bronner's if you're using soap. Because you don't want to, like... It's around the garden. There's ducks. There's some dogs. That is what I want. If I could have the money... Like, I'm at a point now where I would probably be fine, like, just disappearing into a landscape. If I could figure out how to sustain it... That's how optimistic I feel about my career. Like, let me just get some huge residuals and I'll yeah, be let fine. Me, just let me buy that place on the smaller island in Hawaii. You gotta get. Here's the thing though. Don't buy beachfront because those water levels are rising. You're gonna go way up the mountain. Go way up. Plus, there's earthquakes like everywhere now. So. You know what I think people aren't really thinking about, and I know that there's no scientific backing for this, but I do think this is gonna be a problem. I think that when those ice caps melt. 
shit's gonna move around. Because I think that, like, those plates are probably somewhat held together. Yeah, by the ice caps. I think Rainier's gonna blow up. All our parents are gonna die. Oh, shit. Oh, you know, they were nice. (laughs) (laughs) That's another problem with it, is it's like... There's, like, we're so conscious of the size of the population, and life is so, like, magnanimous, or, like, I don't know if that's the word, like, um, there's just so much life on it. Yeah. Like, I don't know the right term. Um, we'll, we'll go with magnanimous. Magnanimous means, like, outgoing. Ubiquitous? Um, no, it's another, just, ubiquitous, yeah, I mean, but ubiquitous means, like, almost, like, rot. Like, it's, um, uh, it, it, there's just so much life on Earth, and we're so conscious of it, that it's... It's it's kind of that's also like another thing that doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah. You know, it's like people die, we get sad if we know them. Yeah. Otherwise, like you know, like um a very successful writer died about a month ago and that was like really tragic and it was like he was great and all this stuff. But like in the second he died, like a girl in India got, like, impaled by a bull and raped by ten men and a fucking drone killed fifteen, like, blind kids in a daycare in Yemen and like 1700 kids starved somewhere and like just death constantly yeah and it's like on the grand scheme of things it's like well you all die and so what does it really matter because <laughs> we didn't give a shit about all those other people yeah like i hate to say it like if i was conscious of it i would be like oh that's so sad yeah but the only thing that mattered to me that day was this like person that i vaguely knew and like i cared about him yeah but like it's just so bizarre like that that's just like it's hard to, you know, shit goes on all the time. I think we're, sometimes we latch onto it when it's, like, completely shockingly unjust, like the Michael Browns and the Trayvon Martins and those kind yeah. of things where it's, like, insult to injury because it's, like, hard enough to be a person of color in this country and then to just be, like, killed as a youth yeah. by who's supposed to protect you. Yeah. But uh, but there's just, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's daunting. I, I think it's actually probably, like, less effective to think about the bigger problem <laughs> and to be like okay i'm gonna focus on these things yeah you know what i mean yeah because you can't because if you're like looking at it as like what i just said where it's like the twenty thousand people are dying every yeah, second yeah, yeah. you're like i don't really know how to fucking stop this leak <laughs> and then you're like at the foot of a dam and it's like yeah and you're like, you put your hand in one of the holes yeah and yeah. another one pops open yeah. <laughs> so you kind of need to like uh, i don't know because at that point it's like you do actually need to fix it. <laughs> the dam is a horrible metaphor. Because yeah. <laughs> the dam's going to break for sure. Yeah, it's not like you can focus on that one hole and it's just like, you're like, I'm focusing on this hole. Because the fucking, I think we're fucked is what we have just proven scientifically is yeah. just fuck it. <laughs> just start walking. Just start walking downstream and wait for the cold rush of water to, to pull you in sea to swallow you up is it the same water from the outdoor shower yes <laughs> i don't want to drown but i do want to die in a refreshing way <laughs> it'd be kind of nice to like get hit in the head and be vaguely conscious as you drowned you know like yeah. Like you're so not. You're like, is this real? I yeah, you're not conscious that you can't breathe, <laughs> but you are conscious that you're like, this water is great. Like the sun going through, it's beautiful. <laughs> and then you're out. You didn't have to experience any pain. Yeah. <laughs> well, 
my buddies and I were talking about a scenario. It'd be a sketch probably, but um, everyone's, <laughs> the three of us are standing around on chairs and there's nooses that we put around our necks. Yeah. And then there's this string that we're going to pull and it looks like it's going to pull the chairs out from under us. But when we pull it, a piano just falls in. Oh, that's really funny. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. It'd be hard to animate, but it would be great. <laughs> It'd be yeah. really funny. We we go pretty dark sometimes. Don't steal that idea, whoever's listening. Yeah. The imitators. Fucking thieves. That's mine and Josh's and Tyler's. You heard it here. <laughs> I took over hosting movies. You heard it here. Um, so how long have you been doing stand-up total? Like, do you have a... Um... Ten years. Ten years? Mm-hmm. Damn. I didn't take breaks. I just started and I did it. And I, like I said, I learned through realizing I'm doing it wrong. <laughs> and then I kept doing it. But I've never, I've never even really been able to take a huge break. I think the biggest break I've taken in ten years is maybe two weeks. Um, I'm not always like hitting it as hard as I want to. I yeah. mean, there's definitely like periods where I'm going up twice a week, three times a week. Um, in New York, I went up every night. Yeah. In LA, you have to kind of transition because you have day jobs and things like that. Yeah. Um, Plus, there's distance involved and. Yeah, I don't think that's. I mean, I think if you want it, you can totally go up two times a night every night in LA if you want it. But I mean, you're gonna drive a lot and yeah. um, it's gonna be hard. But you can do it. Um, you could probably do three or four if you were really inventive. Yeah. Um, New York is compact. That's the one benefit to it. Uh, I think that might be the only benefit to it. Um, but yeah, 10 years, um, taking some breaks to like, I went to Colombia one time for two weeks and I went to Brazil for a week and Brazil, what was that like? I went for the world cup this summer. Oh, cool. Great. Yeah. I was, uh, I had a great time. I was like, always wanted to go. Um, kind of went on a whim, went by myself, Oh. met some cool people. Everybody was very nice. Uh, it was a great country. Very beautiful. Good sense of itself. A lot of English speakers there? Enough. I speak Spanish, though. So okay, the too. Spanish to Portuguese works. Yeah. It's not great, but like uh, Portuguese... You can, you can get an idea of what they're... If you're a native Spanish speaker, you can understand Portuguese. Yeah. If you're like me and you just kind of speak Spanish, you think Portuguese is French. Like <laughs> it does not make any fucking... I can read Portuguese, Yeah. but I cannot speak it. I can say like... Disculpa, no falo bem português, which means, I'm sorry, I don't speak Portuguese. <laughs> it is kind of sing-songy, huh? Yeah, you're like, puedo se falar en español, which means, can we speak in Spanish? <laughs> falar, what's falar? Speak. Oh, Instead okay. of hablar, they say falar. Okay. Um, podemos, I don't know. Probably. It's, it's really close. Yeah. It's just pronunciation that Because it's the Latin root, and then you're like, oh, and they threw some like French in there, too. Yeah, it's and it's weird because it's one country over from France. I don't know why. I don't know why they did that. Spain's got that stupid theta, but like Portugal, like just went fucking buck wild. Like D's or G's, you know about this, and R's or H's. No. So when you say Rio de Janeiro, yeah. you say Rio de Janeiro. What? Yeah. <laughs> it's like whoever was the king of Portugal was like. We need to be different. <laughs> it can't just be that, like, people on that side of that little... Because that's, like... It's honestly, like, driving from Madrid to... Or, like, Barcelona to 
Lisbon, I think is like the equivalent of like driving to San Francisco. <laughs> so you're telling me people in San Francisco speak that differently? Like they're like, <laughs> you know, like they don't. Was, wait, how was that again? I don't know. <laughs> I, I couldn't think like, we're from San Francisco. Yeah. Like, no. like Twin Peaks style? Oh, yeah, that is like. <laughs> you have to be careful with God, hills. God, Lynch. <laughs> so creepy. Did they bail on that then? They stopped making, because weren't they remaking Twin Peaks? Yeah. And are they still doing it? I don't think it's remaking, it's... I know it's the predecessor, right? Yeah. But are they a, still doing it? Yeah, it's coming back. there was a hiccup. It's, but it's uh, Netflix, right? I think so. And it's coming back 25 years from the season series finale, I guess. 25th anniversary? Yeah. Wow. Because there's I'm a... fucking old as fuck. <laughs> there's a moment, I was just watching it for the first time through like four months ago and then I finally finished and then I was like holy shit because I already heard about the announcement and in the last episode there's this one part in the fucking weird room or the white room or whatever you know where um, the Laura Palmer girl is like in 25 years really? <laughs> yeah yeah and you're like what the fuck he came through with it like whoa fucking hey. yeah uh, I should watch it I watched it as a kid, and I just was terrified. Like, <laughs> yeah. I saw Bob. I saw <sighs> Bob, and I was just like, okay, I'm not going to sleep for five years. <laughs> yeah. So I lost all my hair by the age of 12. But no, honestly, like, that was terrible. He does such a good job of scaring you with, like, the most minimal thing. Like, in Mulholland Drive, when you go around That's that garbage, there's a scene. I'm not going to tell you then. <laughs> he's just good at fucking scaring the shit out of you. Where it's like, you can even be looking at the thing, and then he'll pull in on it, and you'll be like, ha! Ah! And you're like, why did I, I saw it already. Why am I freaking out? What's also weird about him is that he's like, really into meditation. you think that somebody who meditated a lot would not be into scaring people. Right? Yeah. Like, you think you'd be, like, pretty good at, like, you know, communicating? Keep it chill. Keep yeah, it chill. chill out, dude. <laughs> what the fuck are you up to? I, that isn't, that, that's, like, a really pressing question right now to me. Like, what the fuck are you up to that you're, like, meditating all the time and you're supposed to be, like, all balanced and you're like, let's make a thing, like, where, like, bugs crawl out of eyes. Like, no, what are you meditating about? <laughs> that's what he's meditating about. <laughs> not all good meditation um he's like mm, how am i going to freak people out clocks um, inside of people what <laughs> clocks inside no time clocks it's perfect um i have to take a leak should we pause this or yeah we can pause it yeah okay did you just grab those or have those been there the whole time oh i just grabbed them can i have one yeah totally <laughs> I brought out some double stuff Oreos. Guys, I'm gonna need a double stuff Oreo. Yeah. Because I deserve it. <laughs> I took two as well. He said uh, I asked for one. He said yes. I took two. <laughs> That's the kind of person I am. Yeah. And they're cold because I keep them in the fridge. Just That's cause... so smart. <laughs> Why are we eating these cookies? <laughs> well, it doesn't twist off as easy. Yeah. Mm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. <laughs> they need to figure out 
a way to do it where it's one cookie, both sides frosting. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> With the, yeah, the cookie part in the middle? Yeah. Oh, that would be so good. Hey, Oreo. <laughs> I guess it's Nabisco. Hey, Nabisco. Nabisco. I know that you're a big evil corporation, and you're probably, like, killing dolphins as we speak, but... Oh, no. That's all right. Guys, I went so hard on... I'm going to eat it. I'm not going to waste it. Okay. But I broke up. <laughs> he broke the cookie. All over the floor. Cookie time. <laughs> There's a, lot of, there's a lot of frosting on the floor right now, guys. Mm-hmm. I got so excited about that idea. <laughs> about the frosting on the outside. Yeah, that I just, like, broke the cookie. I was, like, being delicate, and then I was like, yes! <laughs> the only way they could do it, because the frosting would get stuck to the other frostings, probably. Mm-hmm. They'd have to... That's the thing, is, like, the packaging is, like, sure, we can make it. Yeah. They could wrap it in like a, a little, um, like a burger wrapper, but it's for the cookie. That's true, too. It's like the <laughs> double down of cookies. <laughs> God, those are fucking good. Yeah. Whatever they did to make those. <laughs> Do you want another one or two? Of, two, of course I want one more. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> this is like definitely not ideal for people to be listening to, I'm sure, but... <laughs> I don't care. They'll like it. Um, I think I'm going to go home and buy some of these. And then, like, with knives and stuff, make the cookie I'm talking about. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then put it all over Instagram and Twitter and be like, this is what you should be doing, Nabisco. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start a movement. It'll catch on. And then the... Dude, they just came out with a Reese's peanut butter cup flavored Oreo. It's in the middle. It's half chocolate and half peanut butter. And it's like Reese's peanut butter. It's so good. They really kill it on those like flavors. Mm-hmm. I haven't had it, but I really want it. The, um, what's it called? Um, the candy corn one that they came out with at Halloween. What? Yeah, it was candy corn flavored in the middle. Oh. And candy be- corn is like... Candy corn is always delicious. The only problem with it is, is it makes you sick immediately. <laughs> like, you can eat, like, three candy corns, and then you're like, oh, I feel sick. <laughs> That's what everybody hates candy corn because, because it's like, whatever it is, whatever, like, space glue they used to make that, it's not good for you. And so you put it in you, it hurts. Um, but candy corn itself, delicious. Yeah. So, Nabisco. <laughs> Get some stevia candy corns out there. <laughs> stevia, Truvia. Truvia, is that another one? I think Truvia is a combination. I think Truvia is stevia with uh, cane sugar. Okay. It's like they're just trying to cut the calories in half <laughs> at that point. It, here's the thing about stevia. It only works with like a certain bracket of flavors. <laughs> like stevia would work with Mountain Dew. Oh. Stevia works with ginger ale. Stevia okay. works with vitamin waters. Yeah. 
the stevias do not work with the other side of things. So you don't work with chocolate. You don't work with vanillas. It doesn't, you know what I mean? Like you're yeah. more kind of base flavors. Yeah. No way. <laughs> they made a stevia flavored Coca-Cola. I'm a big Diet Coke drinker. I love Diet Coke. <laughs> I would probably go. I would like protest if they made it illegal. Um, and I don't like Coke. I like Diet Coke. Mm. And, um, but, uh, that they made a, they made, it was called, um, I think it was called diet Coke free. Maybe I don't forget what it was called. Yeah. I've seen that. Uh, it's green. Yeah. Yeah. And it's half stevia, half cane sugar. Okay. So it's like the same idea as Truvia. Like they're just cut. It's not very good. (laughs) It just tastes like Coke, which I'm not a huge fan of. (laughs) It's probably made for the people who are like. I like Coke. I don't like diet. I don't like the NutraSweet flavor. Yeah. I love that aspartamine fucking <laughs> cancer. Like, I drink Diet Coke so like people smoke cigarettes. You know? like, I like take that and I'm like, ah, the first hit. You've got another one in your pocket for when that one's out. It's a flat one. <laughs> shape of a flask. Oh, man. I, I got to stop, though, because it definitely is like, they, take- like all the science suggests that it just corrodes your insides. <laughs> Like Are you I, feeling I, it or? No, not really. Cause I like I uh, quit smoking <laughs> cigarettes and I um, don't do anything else. So like my vices now are like the occasional Oreo and <laughs> yeah. Diet Coke. I drink too much caffeine, um, but yeah, I don't have anything else. So it's like I feel pretty damn great. When you quit smoking cigarettes, you feel pretty fucking good because cigarettes are so toxic. Yeah, I'm not shitting on cigarettes they're great they just like were too toxic for me to actually like like i was starting to feel chest pain when i wasn't smoking which like well i'm fine with that was your lungs being like get some more of that smoke in here no it was they were like hurt (laughs) (laughs) their feelings were hurt crying yeah <laughs> blood and mucus uh, i never smoked that much either i smoked like um i don't know maybe at most 10 cigarettes a day but i always smoked like i was like pretty like average like five cigarettes a day yeah but it's just like an undeniably toxic thing like you yeah you can skirt like things like mountain dew and things like diet coke it's like yeah i'm sure it's bad for me but i don't really notice it yeah a cigarette is like no you're fucked up dude i was not meant to go in here like, I don't think, I think you're, anybody who smokes, like, more than a, a cigarette a day, or yeah. two maybe, yeah. is lying if they say they don't feel the effects of it. Because <laughs> I for sure felt the effects of it. I still feel the effects of it. Yeah. But I've only been not smoking for a month. Okay. And, uh, it's just like, I mean, there's a... All the science <laughs> is proving. I bet if you smoked, like, a Native American intended cigarette smoking to be, like, where you smoked tobacco ceremoniously... No yeah. problems. Probably great. <laughs> the main thing I miss cigarettes for is the it helps me take shits. Huh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They're great. Coffee and a cigarette in the morning, you are going to clean the whole... You're done. <laughs> you really start your day right then. But... Now I just have coffee. And it's fine. There's this movie, High Strung. Have you heard of it? Is um mid mid to late 90s mid 90s and it was um steve odekirk who did like the thumb thumb movies and like the kung pao Mm -hmm. like he superimposed his face over the main dude it's like a whole parody of like this 
one giant movie. I don't um, think I've seen... I've seen the Thumb movies. I haven't seen them, but I'm, like, familiar with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's this movie? It's called High Strung. So it's basically him walking around his apartment all day, like, complaining about shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's, like, pretty much him doing bits. Yeah. And, um... And Jim Carrey's in it. He's not the main guy. Biff from Back to the Future. Tom Wilson's in it. Wow. Fred Willard's in it. Yeah, and this one bit, he's like... Talking about smoking, he's like... It's a hobby that makes you die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like... It's delicious. But it's also super toxic. Yeah. I And it's fucking cool. It looks so cool. It does look cool. Like you, like I was outside of this comedy show last night, and all these people were smoking, and it was like, "Fuck, you're cool. <laughs> you're really cool." I never see somebody smoke, and I'm like, "Dummy." Yeah. If a girl smokes, I love, I love her. Like if I'm like dating a girl and she pulls out a cigarette, I'm like, "You smoke? That's so- you're the coolest." <laughs> but uh. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I can't do it anymore. I mean, the, this whole year is about like trying to kick out all of the um, vices, not just vices, just like negative kind of aspects of my existence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, me and we're gonna encourage to commit suicide. And uh, <laughs> no, uh, but I am like you know trying to cut out smoking. Um, trying to just be healthy. I'm running the Hollywood half marathon in 10 days. Whoa. Yeah. Have you been training for it? Little. Like, uh, little, uh, five, five Ks and like, uh, I've been running like two and a half miles, three times a week. Sometimes I run five. Okay. I mean, it's like, I know it's not going to be great. (laughs) I'm I'm not trying to do anything. Like, I don't really know what I'm training for other than like. The, the best I could do would be that I would not stop running. That's the very best I could do. <laughs> but I don't think that's very realistic. I think there are going to be some walks. I think I'll probably run half of it. And half then I'll, half. And then I'll walk maybe a quarter of it, and then I'll run another quarter of it. Yeah. I think, they, you know... The last quarter will be, like, the final stretch. I'm going to hurt. My knee is going to be out of commission oh, for a couple of days. shit, yeah. Um, I'm probably going to have to get some chiropractic adjustments. But, you know, I'm a work in progress. <laughs> I don't know, I, I, I honestly have no idea what could happen. I'll probably get a massage that day, and I'll probably also get um, some, like, I'll do some ice baths or something. I don't know. I have no idea what <laughs> I'm doing. It's too much to know. Like, and also with, like, how broken my body is. I have scoliosis. I have, a, like, a fucked up hip. I have one leg longer than the other. Both my knees are shit. So it's like, like, what am I, I like... <laughs> That's like six hours a day of physical therapy and adjustments and prosthetics and shit. I just can't. I'm just going to exist until I can't. Try to get by. But, you know, I'm trying to get better. I actually need to go home and do my taxes. Is one leg really longer than the other? Mm-hmm. My left leg's a half inch longer than my right. Whoa. Um, my legs are pretty short. Yeah. It's like I'm all torso, and so I'll get pants, and I'm like, yeah, it's 30 length. It's, uh... 30 length and then my buddy is like 5'3 I think uh-huh. maybe 5'4 30 length on, yeah. his, on his pants and I'm like I don't know man yeah pretty top heavy I guess <laughs> yeah I have a buddy who's like that too where he's like 
he's probably like a good four inches shorter than me. Yeah. But when we sit in a chair, we're the same height. Because yeah. he's got like, he's all torso. <laughs> he's got these little legs. <laughs> what are you going to do? I don't know. We're all born in certain shapes. Yeah. Um, so let's see. There's a few questions I ask every time and I write them down because sometimes I'm like, wait, what is it? What's the Wi-Fi? <laughs> okay. So some dream gigs. What, uh, what are some dream gigs for you to get? Oh, um, uh, jobs. Sure. I don't know. I mean, like, I would love to. I would love for myself and a studio executive to feel like I would be a good person to do an hour on their network. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I'm a ways off. Like, I mean, I I could do it, but and it's not like it's not even like unreasonable to think that I will do an hour on TV. But um, it's more so like. I would just like to do an hour that's like well received and kind of defining in a way. I think I, all my gigs I've done so far have been like, this is like kind of what I do, but I don't, like I said earlier, like that, that conceit, that idea of what you do is so important. That's why like some people do yeah. like one show and they're like, Hollywood's like, yeah, we're, we want you for everything. Like a guy like Hannibal, you like watch him do five minutes, you get Hannibal. Yeah. But I'm just like a white guy that kind of complains. Like, that's not too original um and so i would like to you know like i'd like to have a big well-received hour hour that i feel great about yeah and then also i think i would like to read some tv shows and some movies um yeah i don't know if i need to be in them but i would like to write them for sure i think being in them would be great but i'm not picky yeah you know like writing them selling them i mean the main thing is is like you know, I always like to think about this, and it's that Bob Hope, mm -hmm. like, he had a, he has an airport. Mm -hmm. There's an airport called Bob Hope Airport. <laughs> yeah. And there's, like a, like, a lot of streets. Yeah. And there's statues of him places. <laughs> I couldn't tell you a single thing that Bob Hope did. <laughs> the golf swing. I think that's all I know. Yeah, you know, like, but, like, I mean, he was the biggest <laughs> comedian in the world. Yeah. Granted, the, the world was much smaller. We didn't have the internet and things yeah. like that. But it's like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. You should just try to get to a place where you're happy and work as hard as you can. Yeah. But like the happiness, I think, is more important. Um, and that's what matters. Because I think if you try to kill yourself trying to become an enigma or like a yeah. legend, mm -hmm. it's like, that's such a false idea. Mm -hmm. Like, nobody's going to know who Louis C.K. is in 50 years. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> doesn't matter he's the best he's the greatest living comic right now there's probably going to be another one in five years he's not going to be the best and we're going to have another best and it's going to be like he'll still be great but yeah. you know like maybe he won't maybe you know maybe he'll have like a woody allen-esque career where he can just kind of come back on the screen and reestablish himself but realistically nobody's gonna know who woody allen is in 50 years yeah so it's like who the fuck cares like <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to do. Make some art. Do get get happy. Love people. You know. But like you're fucking, like kidding yourself if you think that you're gonna be like, you know, like fucking Mount Rushmore status. <laughs> not gonna happen. The most important movies ever made. Like, like 
enigmatic, like, people that changed history, the Lumiere brothers with train coming through tunnel. Who the fuck cares? <laughs> they invented film. And I don't give a shit. I'm never going to watch that. You know? It's like, well, it doesn't matter. So just try to, like, dream gig is silly. Like, try to have the best life you can. And yeah. try to, like, without impeding on other people to get your happiness. Um, but, like, you know, if, if you think it's going to be, like, if you're... I think uh, I listened to Matt Bronger on a podcast one time, and he was like, I came out to L.A. to work. And I'd never heard anybody say it like that. Like, he was just like, I just want to work. Yeah. And if you work in show business, that's what other people dream about doing. Yeah. But he wasn't like, I, oh, my dream is to, to someday to be on television and to... To, to, to perform on stages, you know, like this, like like you, like you have to like trick a genie or something. <laughs> but if you just approach it like getting hired, then you can probably do it. And it's like it's not as fun probably if you don't think about it like dreams. Wait, can we go back to tricking the genie? Yeah, it's what you have to do is you have to distract him, and then um, so then he's a genie, and you're like, hey, look over there. And you take his, his lamp. Yeah. You can't go back in here until you give me more wishes. And then you go, if I had a wish, I guess I would probably wish for... Series and then he grants regular, it. yeah. And series, then he grants it. And then, yeah, and then, series regular on the Fosters. What? <laughs> Who would pick that? That's the genie's thing. Why would you want that? That's ABC Family. All right, um... Uh, background, permanent background in <laughs> stylist on the Americans. What? Why? You don't even do that. I know. I love that show. I don't want to change the cast. And the writing's smarter than me. <laughs> Has someone seen that? That's supposed to be really good, right? It's genius. Yeah. Okay. Third season, I think, is over tomorrow. But um. You know, I, I want to do a lot of stuff, but I just don't, I, I, I think, like, also, you know, like, I used to, I used to do stuff like, really get worked out before big sets, and like, <laughs> let's do this, man. <laughs> and then I would get things, and I'd be like, dude, wow, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it's like, now it's like, it's, it's not, like, I'm gonna do TV again, probably, and I'm gonna do... Have you thought I mean, about doing other jobs and, oh. you know, like, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to do anything but show business for hopefully for the rest of my life. If yeah. I have enough money to invest in other kind of pursuits, I will. Mm -hmm. But like, realistically, like, this is my job. I'm doing okay in it. But like, uh, you know, like, no more of my gigs have been like, divine. You know, like, I just, <laughs> I understand it too much. Yeah. I'm sure if you're like, I know some comics out there that are still like that. Like, Kevin Hart, you know, I think he prays, like, in a big circle before he goes on stage every time. Okay. If I had Kevin Hart's life, I would probably feel the same fucking way. <laughs> He's got, like, $75 million, you know, mm -hmm. shit is golden. Yeah. I for sure would be into praying and be like, God, this life is miraculous. <laughs> He's also from, like, poor Philadelphia. Yeah. But I'm, like, a, you know, like, I'm doing better than people thought I was going to do because I was a fuck-up kid. But I came from, like, a neighborhood where everybody went to Montessori, so it's not, like, new to me. I'm not like, God, eating organic vegetables, can you believe that? No, I ate organic vegetables when I was, like, two. 
So it's like, uh, so it's like, it's pretty, um, it's pretty mundane. <laughs> You're like, I can believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to continue living in the quality of life that I've mainly lived in. I think I would, but you know, honestly, I think that's, all of that goes out the window when we run out of water and then we're done. It's going to get real ugly. I've been thinking, honestly, I've been considering like a water cabin. Like a cabin that I keep water in. It's, it's a big problem. All the water is disappearing and nobody is prepping for it. We don't have desalinization. Like, like to take... To take yeah, we don't have any of that shit going on. Like, you can drive through California right now and you look at our reservoirs and they're empty. And people are just like, well, I, you know, I, we'll get it somewhere. It's like, no, it's gone. The water is gone. And you have to drink water. You idiots. Uh, I guess we can drink Lake Tahoe for a while. <laughs> and then that'll dry up, and then what? It's really deep. I mean, it would take a couple years for all of California to drink it. But shit is going to get weird. Like, showering, gardening, all that stuff's going to get really bizarre. Public pools. Will the price of uh, just, like, water utility go up? Probably, right? Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I think it already has. Okay. But we don't pay it. You shouldn't pay it. I think your landlord's supposed to pay it. Oh. I think because this is considered a house, I think oh, maybe we're, we're going to be paying water. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man. Sorry. It's not ideal, but... Uh... You know. What are you going to do? I was getting edged out of my last place, like the my fifty-year-old El Salvadorian lady roommate was. <laughs> yeah. Didn't like my um, stay up all night lifestyle and like. Fifty-year-old uh, El Salvadorian ladies don't like that kind of thing <laughs> yeah. usually. But also, she got really, really weird if I had someone over and then they used the bathroom. She was like, "I don't, I don't like it." When and I was like, "Why?" And she was like, "You know, germs." And I'm like. The, the bathroom is all germs. Like, That's all... That's the germ place. <laughs> yeah. That's the germ room. <laughs> That's where you go to flush your germs down, and they don't all flush People down. are so weird. <laughs> I have a roommate who's, like, a good friend of mine, but I don't want a roommate anymore just because it's, like, it's too weird for me to live near another human that I'm not having sex with. You know? Like, it's just, like, bizarre. Like, I'm gonna just start blowing him so that it gets more comfortable. <laughs> An icebreaker. Yeah. He's like a buddy of mine, but it's just bizarre. Like, you're like, we're both men. Like, why are we, why do we sleep in the same house? Where's our wives? Um, what, did you have any other questions? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah, dream gigs. So, you're doing comedy for your job now. Like, mm -hmm. you're, yeah. that's so awesome. Um, I'm, I'm going to be excited when I get to that spot. It's, uh, it took a long time. I mean, I wasn't even, like, doing it full-time as a job yeah. until I got to L.A., and even the first eight, eight months of L.A. was no job. Yeah. It was not a job. Mm -hmm. um, and then I got my first writing job on Ridiculousness and some other things. I had done Fallon and Conan, and I was still a mover. Damn. I mean, granted, I'm not a smart guy. Like, I probably could have been doing better stuff. <laughs> That's not like most people should be able to like leverage that into money, but I, um, I just I didn't have it. I don't know. I just like wasn't good at 
to the transitioning. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's like, it's, that's one thing, though, that's like kind of an illusion, like that you're going to get on TV and then like... And then boom. Yeah, yeah, boom, you're working. <laughs> um, it's very rare, like, you know, and the people who it happens to, they kind of like, it just, they become that immediately. Like you yeah. have people like, um, you know, your Ian Carmel's, your Ron Funches, your Hannibal Burris's, where it's like, they got one shot and they fucking nailed it. Yeah. And it's like, I had a good first TV set. Mm-hmm. I maybe even had a great first TV set. Yeah. But it wasn't like where somebody was like, we got to get this guy in on everything. Yeah. It just didn't happen. And uh, it, so that's the illusion. I think the bigger idea is like, most of us are just going to work and then it's going to become a job. Mm-hmm. And then it's a good job. It's mm-hmm. a great job. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> successful television writers make a lot of money and they work eight months a year, you yeah. know? Yeah. So it's like, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to and hopefully doing more. But, uh, yeah, it's been, I'm, I'm not far away from having to get other kinds of jobs Yeah. right now. Like I don't have a job right now and I pay my bills with uh, a little bit of gigging, a little bit of freelance work, a little bit of unemployment. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, staffing season's like right here. So hopefully that turns into a new writing job. Um, but you know, like if, if shit went foobar and you know like, <laughs> the IRS like found out how much unemployment I'm stealing, um, I, I could be in the shit house. And, you know, fucking. I joked. I I've joked a long time about like because I I feel like my reps never take me seriously. Yeah. Like they always. I'm like I want to go out for auditions and I want to go out for this and they're kind of like yeah cool well we're gonna do, do this and sorry and. Um, <laughs> Um, I, uh, <laughs> um, but I, I joked about getting a job in the coffee bean and tea leaf in the basement of CAA. There's like a, the, a stand in the basement of CAA <laughs> so that they would like have to see me and I would just be like, well, I would love to do other stuff, but gotta pay the bills. Um, but, uh, I haven't gotten to where that joke seems worth it. <laughs> Although I do think that would be, like, a fun thing to do in just, like, just, like, why not, like, I, I don't have this kind of energy, but, like, I could totally just go apply for jobs I don't need all, all the time and work, like, one or two days at, like, a, like, a wiener schnitzel. GameStop? And, yeah, GameStop, whatever. <laughs> and then people be like, aren't you, aren't you Andy? But, believe Andy? me, that's not happening. I would like to get to the point where that was happening. It would be so much funner if I was at that level. But guys that are, like, leaps and bends. Like, most people don't recognize, like, Pete Holmes and Al Madrigal. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. So it's, like, I'd have to do quite a bit to get to that level. <laughs> it takes so much to be actually famous in this world. Like, Chris Pratt wasn't famous until Guardians, Guardians. of the Galaxy. Yeah. And he'd done lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. He was Moneyball. He was on Parks and Rec. He got recognized, but he wasn't famous, yeah. you know? And now he's famous, 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 yeah. famous, famous, yeah. So, and he's a Seahawks fan, so he deserves it. <laughs> um, um what it what's your favorite part about doing stand up? Um my favorite part is when um you tell a joke for the first time that works. Yeah. Like that especially if you just are kind of thinking of it, but more than anything, like a joke you've written or thought about doing well for the first time and that kind of the kind of popping the balloon of 
building the laugh. Like, yeah. you know, like when you're kind of, you, everybody knows it's coming, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Heard somebody say, like, comedy is telling somebody how you're going to do something and then surprise, telling somebody what you're going to do and then surprising them with how you do it. Uh, okay. And so I feel like that's kind of, you know, just like that. Yeah, and then <laughs> boom. <laughs> When you can do that for the first time, like every new joke is a really good feeling. Yeah. Um, and tags, you know, new parts of jokes, but, um, yeah, yeah, just, new just jo- new joke that works. New jokes that work. I, I I can't think of anything really much better than that. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah. I did a the scripted comedy festival that was like last last week, I think. Uh huh. And. I threw a new joke in there and it worked and I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, it feels so good. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I mean, that's the best. It's, uh, it's hard to, it's hard once you like get to a certain place with your stand-up to like take those chances. Yeah. Because if you don't do well, people are like, oh, I guess he's not. <laughs> I thought he was supposed to be good. Yeah, wow. it's, it's weird. I, I still don't, even though I've done stand-up thousands of times, um, <laughs> I still don't always know what I'm doing. Like I get on stage and I'm like, I'm going to say this. I have no idea what they're going to do. <laughs> like it, even worse. Sometimes I think I know what they're going to do and they don't do it. And oh like, yeah. Yeah. I've been doing this for a long time. That's weird. Um, I should know by now, right? Yeah. Why didn't I know that that wasn't good? I, I yeah, I don't know. I'm still in this. I, I never can, I mean, I don't think anybody really can, but I, I never am in a level where I'm like, this is funny, I'm right, you're wrong, to an audience. So, yeah. None of, none of your jokes are like that, 100%, where you're like, this is funny, if you don't laugh at it, like. I mean, you can't really, like. Yeah, there's because your delivery could be maybe slightly different, or. Yeah, and also in like, mood, maybe. Or, you can sense that they're being conservative or they're being like, we don't like you, but it's like, stand-up isn't just one thing, you know? It's not like Jack Handy things where it's just like these written jokes. Deep thoughts. A lot of it, like, I have this joke that's really, like, pig-headed. It just makes me seem like an asshole. I talk about thinking my Tinder's broken. And I kind of just build it up with, like, I want to match with these people. I never match with them, and so I think it's broken. And so I pick very unattractive people to try to match with. And then if I don't match with them, then I th- I'm i like, it's broken. Because they obviously would love me. Which is, like, I don't say it like that. I say that I, you know, I, I say that, just like, I, I'll try to swipe right with, like, a manatee. Which is, like... a I'm just saying big fat lady, which is mean. It's mean, but it's supposed to be funny. But if I start with that joke, and I haven't built up a trust with the audience, then then the rest uh, of the jokes, they see me through that lens. So it's, like, really hard, like, sometimes. Or, you know, like, like I did jokes at this weird, like, kind of hippy-dippy Ace Hotel kind of convention thing this weekend, and, uh... (laughs) It was like up in the mountains of Utah and everybody was like doing yoga and meditating and stuff. And During I, your set? No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, maybe. But people that live a lifestyle like that, like they don't, and they're all wealthy. Yeah. They don't know 
they don't really understand. We don't laugh at the same things. Yeah. They laugh at, like, pretty base stuff because they, like, life is so funny to them that, like, falling down or, like, you know. <laughs> oh, my God, it was so silly. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, stuff that just isn't our, you know, doesn't relate to us. But, uh... They laugh at having to take an Uber instead of having your personal driver. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> their level of irony, like... I used to joke about that because it was, like, the same way in New York. If you go to certain neighborhoods, you would perform for, like, rich artists. And it was, like, it just doesn't, you know, compute. It's, like, uh, what was... I forgot what it was, like, you know... I, I forgot the joke, but... It's just, like, some people, they, they, their world is so different that irony to them is, like, such a different yeah. novel thing. Like, it's also, like, really confident people. Like, I perform at the comedy store a lot, and, like, there's a lot of people at the comedy store, like, Sunset Strip types, like, bros, successful, rich show mm-hmm. business people, yeah. really beautiful women, and, like, if I'm complaining about something, <laughs> they don't even know, like, like... <laughs> A beautiful dude that has, like, that perfect Uncle Jesse five o'clock shadow and, like, you know, he drives a sports car and he makes money through, like, real estate somehow. Like, whatever. Like, he's gorgeous and rich and, you know, like, all these things. It's like when you complain about life to that guy, he has no idea what you're talking about. He's like, what? Why don't you just walk up to that beautiful woman and say, let's fuck or, I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what he says. Honestly, I see beautiful people flirting, and I'm like, like, the shit they're saying, I'm like, like, it's like two babies talking, you know? It's like goo goo gaga, like, they're laughing and hitting it off, and I'm just resentful. So, I don't even know how we got there, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Through favorite part of doing stand-up. Oh, yeah. I mean, I hate those people. I really hate them. And there's this new thing that I've noticed with, like, if you perform for, like, uh, artistic types, like, kind of hipsters and things, mm-hmm. like, they think it's funny to yell. They've, like, uh... gone to this, like, weird I'm gonna heckle you thing, and they think they're, like, like they're adding to the show, like it's a rock concert or something, and they're, like, singing along to the lyrics. Yeah, I'm gonna be part of it. But it's always so annoying. And I'm going to just shit on you if you do it. Because it's never a good idea. Like, you don't see plays and go like, Yeah, right, Othello. You know, like, you don't you do not do that. But for some reason with stand-up, they, you know. But it's also like, it's fine. <laughs> it's part of the, it's part of the landscape. It's weird art. It's so weird to be like, like, it's just me talking with nothing else. <laughs> and I'm going to captivate you people and hopefully entertain you. I'm going to ask you questions. I'm going to talk to you. But don't ever talk to me. <laughs> it's pretty audacious. <laughs> They're off the hook. It's <laughs> um, good. Yeah. Uh, um... This has been fun, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, this has been a blast. Yeah, do you want to like plug some stuff with your Twitter and? Um... Uh, it's at I'm Andy Haynes. Uh, it's I am not I am. I'm Andy Haynes, and uh, I'll be at uh, the Madhouse Comedy Club. Oh, this is gonna come out uh, April twenty fourth. I will have been at the uh, Madhouse Comedy How'd Club. How'd it go? How did it go? It was great, dude. I killed. I got laid. Made a lot of money. People just threw money at me. I got a six pack. It was weird. It was a transformative weekend. Went down to Tijuana. Um, 
No, uh, I I don't think I have any other specific dates on the books because I'll be, you know, I'm kind of transitioning into writing time. But, uh, yeah. you know, just reach out. I'm Andy Haynes. Look for dates. Um, my album's free online if you want it. It's called Greatest Hits. I It was before I got sober, so it's a lot of weed stuff. Um, I'm blowing a huge plume of smoke out. You can go to Humble Bundle, and if you just sign up for an account, you can get it for free. Hmm. So cool. check that out. Um, know that I'm different now, and I'm better, and I'm better than you. <laughs> oh, and conserve water. <laughs> yeah. It's a big do, theme of today. Do your part. Do your part. Stop worrying about catcalling videos, and let's figure out how to fucking get the temperatures back down. <laughs> Well, this has been you and me and Thoughts and Talk with Doug Culp. Thank you. And Andy Haynes. Thanks, man. All right.